When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Premier League Daily from the Sports Social. Hello and welcome to Premier League Daily, your daily Premier League show during the football season. All the latest news and gossip. Obviously, we're not in the season at the moment, so it isn't daily. It's twice a week, but still, subscribe ready for the new season. Click that subscribe button now. I'm Jim Salverson. I've got Nama Korn over there. Hello, Jim. Stefan Armstrong over there. Hello. We're going to be talking about how we solve a problem like Paul Pogba in a bit. We're going to be talking about who's going to pick up that poison chalice of the Chelsea manager's job <laughs> in a bit as well. And we'll cover off some of the transfer gossip as well. Are you okay, boys? I'm very well, mate. Yeah, I'm good. I'm should good. Say, I'm bit, should bit... say hola, tudo bang to you. Oh, Surely not, because you'll get you're in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm getting some abuse for saying a, a footballer's name wrong on Twitter. Would you believe it? So, and an institution like Sporting Lisbon. And don't don't mess that up, mate. Yeah, I know, goodness me. Sporting Clube de Portugal. Clube de Portugal. What player's name did you get wrong? Well, Bruno Fernandes, who yeah. looks like he's going to be on the move this summer. Um, I think he scored something stupid like 30 goals this season and eight, 18 assists from central midfield, which is ridiculous mm. for Sporting Lisbon. But apparently they're not called Sporting Lisbon. Uh, they're called Sporting Clube de Portugal um, or Portugal, as I should say. But uh, seeing as I'm an English speaker and I live in the UK, I should probably get away with being allowed to say sport in Lisbon. But according to uh, young Miguel on Twitter, he wasn't too happy with me. It's so. just ignorant now. You should know better. Oh, no, it's ignorant. Know better. A sports journalist should well, know better, how he said. Do you, how should you pronounce team names and players' names? Should it be in their native language or should it be in the anglicised version I, of I think those? you go full on native language. Yeah. And really get your in there. You I know can, what I mean? I, I can see where the lad's coming from. But if you, if you were doing a sort of a football commentary, then, then yeah. Um, but I think the best thing to do is just ask the player or listen to an interview with the player and hear how but they say it. You can't just say it in like, it, we're going to talk about Paul Pogba in a minute. And if I started going, we're going to talk about a boiler Pogba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rinsed for you that, get destroyed I? with that. It's like right. Eric Bailly as well. Everyone calls him Bailey. Well, so, this is a good question. What's your favourite like footballer's name that you know is said Ooh. differently in, a, in their native language than it is here in England? No, I don't know. That's one for Twitter, isn't That's it? That's another one. 
get thrown us out on there. At the sports social, you can get involved in that one. But let's move on to the news. And the big news over the last 24 hours has probably been the future of Paul Pogba, as it has been over the last two <laughs> years, 24 months pretty much. But it seems to have ramped up in the last few days. Real Madrid, supposedly one of the clubs showing an interest in Pogba. Then Pogba gave this quite controversial interview i think it was on japanese tv originally and then it was picked up somewhere else where he basically said it was a good time to find a new challenge so is paul pogba out of manchester united is he on his way this summer it, it is a good time to find a new challenge for paul pogba he's not liked so he might he might as well go on and do the next thing but everybody's saying um is he going to go back to juventus that's not a new challenge so he can't go back there can Zidane get yet another French-speaking player to join his new Galacticos? Yeah. Probably. Well, it is the new Galacticos for Real Madrid at the moment, isn't yeah. it? I mean, they're spending money like Massive. it's going out of fashion. They're building a team of superstars again. And Paul Pogba, in terms of player shirt sales and all that kind of stuff, fits he, he in is perfectly. A and he's a great player as well. He's just, he's just relaxed, isn't he? Mm. And a lot of people, I think, especially in Britain, don't really like that kind of mentality on the pitch. I think I think it's pretty cool to be honest. Statistically, Pogba was by far and away Manchester United's best player this season yeah. by miles. And he got into the Premier League team of the year, and he scored. What? How many did he score from midfield? He scored twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, didn't he, he did have a few. Numbers. He did have a few penalties. To be fair to him, but I mean, like the stats suggest that he was Manchester United's best player last season, and uh, he's playing in a team which isn't full of confidence. It's a, a real difficult period for Manchester United. I think. Juventus, like Stefan says, it isn't a new challenge, but I think that's probably where he will end up if he does leave United. I, I don't think he'll go to Real Madrid. And the reason I say that is because Pogba's agent is a guy called Mino Raiola. Yep. And he's oh, actually yeah. banned. Hasn't he just had that ban lifted? Only, for, lifted, only yeah. for Italian clubs. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So, the <laughs> only so, so everybody's going to Italy on so holiday this year. It's either Juventus or Inter Milan with uh, Antonio Conte. Okay. But it looks more likely to be Juventus because he knows Juventus. Yeah. But Raiola's ban has been lifted for Italian clubs. Um, that doesn't mean he won't end up at Real Madrid. He might well end up at Real Madrid. I just think it would be easier for the player to go back somewhere he knows. And uh, th- that's what I can see. But in answer to your question, is he out of Manchester United? Oh, I don't know because you hear stuff like this every transfer window, every summer, every season. This seems you always more hear that sort of thing, though, don't you? I remember when Wayne Rooney did a similar thing. It was like, yeah, yeah, I think it's probably time for me to move on. And he he, he was by far the best player at that time as well. For but that was purely trying to get a better deal out of United. But, but is Pogba not doing the same thing? I don't know. You don't. Since Sanchez came to United, it seems to have disrupted the pay structure so much. And I don't know what Paul Pogba was on compared to Alexis Sanchez's. But yeah. he's a man who needs to be, a he needs to be loved, mm. and b he needs to be the superstar in that club. So if he sees Alexis Sanchez not getting or getting more money than him, he's going to want parity in that. But also that need to be loved. I can't see that happening at United now. I think there's a fair amount of scapegoat in there as well, Jim. Because yeah. he's yeah, you know, he's their ninety odd million pound signing. Mm. He's the most expensive player that they've ever bought. He's come in. He used to play for Man United, and then Ferguson said, you know, he, he didn't show us any respect, and then he left and went to Juventus, and he's won the World Cup with France. He's won things with Juve, but Manchester United fans need a scapegoat because they're mm. playing so badly, and their club's in such disarray compared to what they're used to over the last fifteen years. They need someone to point the finger at, and I think that's just British football culture. There's always someone that's got to be blamed. There's always it's got, always got to be someone's fault, and I think Paul Pogba, unfortunately, is is the one getting the stick for that. I think he's just got a sketchy history with Man United. He left under bad circumstances. He came yeah. back with a manager who's temperamental at best in Mourinho, 
I, you know, I don't think it was ever necessarily really going to work out well for him, as it did do at Juventus, where he was loved and he did play well. But as you say, he, his stats here have been have been the best for Man United this season. I wonder whether there's a case for the player and the club for him to leave and do something else, because as a player, he doesn't. His stats are great, but he doesn't seem to be loving life at Manchester United. You say no, but as the club, he's kind of. He's a symbol of the last couple of years that have been disastrous for Manchester United. Mm. That play, spending big money on big players that don't necessarily fit into a system. The egos that have kind of established themselves in that club as well. And maybe getting rid of him could be that new dawn, that symbol of something different that Solskjaer seems to want to build at Old Trafford. I think that's a really good point because if you look at the team that Solskjaer played in under Sir Alex Ferguson, there was no real massive mega money stars in that team, or at least not to the level of what we see today. Lukaku, 75 million, Pogba, 89 million. Because you see, like, Yuri Tielemans, for me, was excellent on loan at Leicester, and they're linked with him. I yeah. mean, I think that would be a, a better fit for Manchester United right now. They need players that will go about their business, aren't going to cause a fuss, are just going to get the club back to where they need to be. Much like the Roy Keynes of this world, they came in, you know exactly what they were going to do. A lot of the players that they had in that team were homegrown, Skulls, Giggs, Beckham, mm. etc. But... The rest of them, Neville brothers. So you think they just need like a proper governor in midfield again? Yeah, 100%. everyone always that, says that's what it is, isn't it? every time there's a problem, everyone goes, "They need a Roy Keane." Get governor. a Roy Keane back in there. Governor. It doesn't matter. I've not heard that for <laughs> ages. Governor. Oh yeah, I'm bringing that Incy. back. Bringing that back. It doesn't matter so much that United are saying they're expecting Paul Pogba to stay because it means there's still plenty of players being linked with a move to United. They're already spending that Pogba money, whatever that transfer fee is. Players that have been linked already are. Ivan Rakitic, who's been linked so much with Manchester United over the last couple of years. Philip Coutinho returning to the Premier League, who's still only 26 years old, that apparently. Would be, that'd be interesting. Which seems that. insane. He'd be a great signing for United. But also, apparently, they're looking to shore up their defence with a glance towards London and West Ham's under-21 French defender Issa Diop, who they signed for £22 million from Toulouse last season. Is that the kind of player that Solskjaer needs? A young Hungry defender who's on the up. Wasn't he highly rated by Mourinho when um, Manu played West Ham? Mourinho away. called him a monster and a congratulated monster. the agents that had discovered him, <laughs> which was clearly a little bit of a swipe at the time at the uh, Manchester United scouting system that they hadn't identified players like him. But apparently, West Ham wants 60 million quid for this guy should he go. But That's any, insane. Anybody that Man United wants to sign costs 60 million quid. It Ma- doesn't matter who they are now. Yeah, I mean, Man United need to buy. Man United need to buy. West Ham are under no pressure to mm. sell Diop. No pressure. They've brought in Fornells for, what, £27 million or, yeah. Which is, you know, that's, that's a significant fee for West Ham if you're talking historically. But in the modern market, West Ham, that's, that's a reasonable fee, I think. West Ham aren't spending huge, huge money. But they can afford to command a £60 million transfer fee for Diop because they are under absolutely no pressure to let him go. Although there does seem to be a slight change in tide at West Ham at the moment in terms of the way they're approaching a transfer market. They're not just a club that has your journeyman player <laughs> ending his career there. There's a fair few of journeyman players ending their career at West Ham, but it's not just that now. They signed Anderson last year. Yep. They signed Fornells this year. They've got Declan Rice, who's supposedly attracting interest. They've got this Diop defender who's attracting interest but they don't seem to need to sell anymore they're not that yeah. club they used to be they seem to be trying to i mean they're showing interest in maxi gomez for yeah yeah 
40, 50 odd million. There, there seems to be a bit of a different approach to the way they're looking at transfers. It's refreshing that West Ham have a squad full of 23, 24, 25 year olds rather than 33, 34, 35 year olds. Still you know, with, with, with Andy Carroll on his way out this summer, you've got the likes of Fanals coming in, the Spanish lad at Celta Vigo, say it properly. Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo. Say it properly. Potentially coming in. So yeah, it's, it's good to see at West Ham because they're, they're trying to build something there. And I think with Pellegrini, there's a an identity starting to be formed. Mm. The style of football is certainly improving. It's, it's more attractive. And uh, West Ham had a, had a decent season. It's just where do they go next? They need to probably start challenging for Europa League football, I think. And maybe with some of these signings who have done well in the They'll finish 10th. doesn't leagues. matter how much money they spend. They'll finish 10th. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, West Ham nailed on 10th position. Wait, let me make two predictions about the transfer window before we move on. I want you to judge these. Two players that I think won't be at their current clubs come the end of the season. Paul Pogba will not be at Manchester United. He will have gone. And I think you're right. I think Juventus is a good shout for him. I also think Mo Salah will not be at Liverpool no, at the end of the window. No, I think Mo Salah no, is controversial off. for the sake of being controversial, Jim. I think he won't be there. I think there's a lot of interest from Real Madrid and he's had two very successful <laughs> no. seasons at Liverpool. Why would you leave Liverpool? They're European no. champions. They could nearly won the Premier League. Real Madrid, in, Real Madrid got battered in La Liga, lost in the Champions League. Where would you rather live, Liverpool or Madrid? <laughs> and, well, that, that, that's and, a different and the amount of money a team like Real Madrid can offer you as well, but compared this is, to the amount of money that I, Liverpool. I, I, see it's that. it's a slow news day when Mo Salah gets linked with Real Madrid. He's staying with Liverpool. He wants to win the Premier League. He'll be there next season. You watch this space. <laughs> It'll be off in the summer. Right, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and have a look at the managerial situation at Chelsea. Sorry, is gone, but who's going to replace him? Who wants to become, what did you say earlier, Niall, the 14th Chelsea manager under Abramovich? In 16 years, this would be the 14th manager. Ridiculous. Who is going to be that number 14? We'll find out next on Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from the Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Welcome back to Premier League Daily. Let's take a look at the situation at Chelsea then. Who is going to replace Sari? He's gone to Juventus. Who's stepping into that role next? I anticipated this one. So, um... I've written a list down. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I know Frank Lampard's name's going to come up. Yes. And the last time we were speaking on, on the um, podcast, um, we were saying, um, do we feel a bit uneasy about old players coming back to, to clubs, especially to manage? Yeah. Is it the right way to go? Who else is out there who's potentially better than Frank Lampard? It's saying that Frank Lampard might be £4 million from Derby to get him to sign something like that. He's been a manager for 12 months. Juventus paid £5 to take Sarri off of Chelsea. (laughs) So so Chelsea are going to pay £4 to get Lampard in. Before we go on to new managers, why didn't it quite work for Sarri at Chelsea? Because he won the Europa League. He did all right. finished third in the Premier League. And yet Chelsea fans never really seem to get on board with Sarri ball. It's a new breed of Chelsea fans, Jim. I think the old guard... The old school Chelsea fans would have been quite happy with Sari. Since 2003, this would be the 14th manager in a 16-year period. That's a sacking culture at a football club. You know a manager is going to last one season. If he doesn't perform after one or two seasons, you know he's gone. Well, no manager has lasted more than three seasons at Chelsea. And and so the fans, well, it's either that. They either get sacked or they get fed up and leave because they're sick of it. So this is the thing. It's, It's such a difficult situation to put yourself in as a fan because you kind of just it's just ingrained growing up if you're a Chelsea fan from sort of 2000 to now and you're 19 years old all you know is you want to win trophies you want a manager if they don't do the job they're gone they've been spoiled but I think it's 100% I I think it's a bit of a almost like a media exposure issue so um, if if you're a fan of a club you're going to see your manager 
most of the time in press conferences and post-match conferences, yeah. that sort of thing. And he suffers from being a bit glum. He asks me a question. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lack of personality there, which I think has, has made the whole thing a little bit of a struggle. And therefore, I'm not, I honestly think that. So he's done well. He's come third in the Premier League and he's won the Europa League. I do know what you mean. He's I done well. I just don't think he can express himself. I don't know if the Fulham tobacconists are going to go out of business <laughs> yeah. now that he's left the job. Oh, he loves a cigarette, does sorry. I, I, I loved him standing on the sidelines in his shorts and T-shirt looking like an expat on holiday oh, in Mallorca smoking a Lambert and Butler. He was absolutely brilliant. But you're right. I think that slightly dour demeanour hasn't helped yeah. him. When you look at Klopp at Liverpool, who went all guns blazing into his first press conference saying how much he loved the Beatles and dropping catchphrases yeah. and all that kind of yeah. thing. I'm that the normal no, one. That yeah, no yeah. doubt bought him time helped, in that club. It helped. it helped him establish himself. Because it, it took Klopp a little while to, to become established at Liverpool. It wasn't yeah. instant yeah, success. Yeah. And that, well, that's what made Jose so legendary at the start when he came in. I'm the special one, you know, all of that stuff. You know, that I suppose you're right. I mean, British people love characters. They that's love it, personality. I mean, Eric Cantona was a great footballer, but he wasn't world class, I don't think, Cantona. No. I, that's a, I might get some pelters for this on Twitter. But <laughs> he, I, I, he was at the right place at the right time. 100%. But he was such a character, you know, with a popped collar yeah. and the celebration when he scored that amazing chipped goal. Can, it's can just I something ask... about the man and, and, and you love him and you can't help but love him. But I, I don't think in terms of footballing standard, he was, he was the very, very, very best. But he just had something. He had that X factor and that charisma that people loved. Is it true or is it just a football kind of like rumour that the reason he had the pop collar was to hide a Leeds United tattoo. Never heard know. that before. Twitter. Surely in the world of Google Images, that's a very easy thing to find out. Surely it is. <laughs> right, let's get onto your list then, Stefan. You've got a list of potential yep. Chelsea managerial replacements. We're putting Frank Lampard at the top because it just seemed like it, it's, it's a done deal. So Frank, Frank, Frank Lampard's at the top. What I've done is I've done free agents and I've done um, those managers who would command a fee. Okay. And uh, these are all people who I think would be better suited to the role than Frank Lampard. Okay. So feel free to disagree <laughs> with me. I can't wait for this. <laughs> so on the free list, Mourinho, going back to him. <laughs> no, third not, time. no way. No, no, no. no third time. I looking. think Jose's came out and said that he'd rather build on a project with someone who isn't as high a level as Chelsea. I think I mean, there was even talks about him possibly going into Newcastle should Rafa Benitez Ooh. not sign a contract, which is, that was which is exciting. That was takeover deal went the, through, a, wasn't it? Absolutely. So I think, I don't know about Jose. I thought you were going to say Mike Bassett or something like that. When you first <laughs> left, I think you were going to say Gus Hiddings yeah. next. Go on. Well, yeah. well I, have, I have done like a, a sort of a third list of managers under the uh, destroying exit category of Allardyce, Pulis, Marcuse, <laughs> Ian Holloway and Alan Pardew. We All won't... together in one super like yeah. <laughs> combined managerial role. That would be amazing. Um, but what about people like Spalletti? There's Gattuso. Uh, Wenger still hasn't got um, back into football. Uh, there's Laurent Blanc. Um, yeah. A lot of big names. Ancelotti's still out there. There's a well, lot of big names. Here's a left field idea. You're mentioning Arsene Wenger, not back into football yet. Supposedly, Chelsea also are in the market for a director of football. There was Petr Cech said before yeah. the Europa League, he was asked whether he was going to fulfil that role and he kind of was very sheepish and skirted around the issue but he didn't deny it so could you have a Wenger director of football with a Patrick Vieira manager oh, at Chelsea what bit a of combination bit of experience working under Pep Guardiola what a combination do you know what I'd like to see that it's, it's exciting it's different it's interesting um, and to be honest I don't I don't really know how well Patrick Vieira's done since he's been in France um, after his stint in New York but why not that'd be that'd be very interesting it would be interesting. Other names that I've heard attached to it, Allegri, who obviously yep. is now out of a job at Juventus, although he's kind of said he wants to take a little bit of time mm. out from football. Simeone? 
Simeone would be an interesting shout whether Atletico, whether they want to let him go and probably be quite an expensive option. Former PSG coach Laurent Blanc, although he's been out of the game for three years now. Or a left field name that I think would be a brilliant appointment for Chelsea. Nuno Espirito Santo from Wolves. I nice. just don't see him leaving Wolves. Fantastic. No. They've got such a good project at Wolves. I can't see him leaving Wolves. Yeah, I mean, I've just got a chart up here in front of me, which says Sari lasted 337 days at Chelsea, which is more than Rafa Benitez, Di Matteo, more than Gus Hiddink's two spells <laughs> combined, Scolari, more than Grant and more than Ranieri. So he's lasted one season and the only managers to outlast him were Conte, Mourinho, Ancelotti, and Ranieri uh, just missed out by a day. So there's only three managers in the last 16 years that have lasted a longer time than Sari, and he's been there for one season. It's, it's painful viewing it's that, madness. To be honest, it? It's madness. This is the thing. If Lampard comes in, he'll get time. He yeah. will, because well, he's a legend, isn't he? he? Whoever comes in has to have at least a season. We talked about this on a previous podcast, though, but this is a free hit for whoever comes in. They can't buy any players. They've lost their star man. They have to get a free hit. Whether that happens with Abramovich, because all these short-term managers, it's at the whim of Roman Abramovich. It's his plaything. He does what he likes. If he falls out with a manager, if they disagree with him on transfer policy, you're gone. That's it, basically. But whoever comes in, they've got 12 months. Abramovich doesn't strike me as a sentimental man at all. I don't think he's really bothered if Lampard's a club legend or not. If it isn't working out, I think he'll get the axe very quickly. The um, what I was going to say is, in terms of potential managers, is uh, the um, the fellow from Ajax, uh, Ten Hag. Yeah. Because if if it's true that Chelsea won't be able to sign any players, they're going to be relying on youth a lot. What he's done at Ajax, bringing a lot yeah. of youth players through, mm. that might be a really nice fit. And the one thing Chelsea do have going for them, they have a lot of young, talented players that so far haven't really been given that opportunity to shine. And maybe they need a manager that can encourage mm. those players through. I wonder if. Sari knew all of the players Chelsea had in the season <laughs> because I'm sure some of them would have been put out on loan without yeah. him even meeting them. I think they did a, did a sticker book for him at the start of the season <laughs> yeah. with some shinies. Right, let's move on from the Chelsea manager and very quickly touch on Aston Villa who are building their team to hopefully stay in the Premier League and spending a bit of cash as well. They've signed this week Courtney House who was on loan from Wolves last season. He's now a permanent signing. He's been brought in, young defender, had a very impressive last season in the championship, so they've secured him for next season. But the interesting one amongst their four summer signings they've made so far for me is a guy called Wesley Moraes. 22 million quid. They've signed him from the Julepa League, which is, points for telling me what country the Julepa League is? Belgian First Division. Belgian First Belgique. Division. 13 goals and 38 games he scored in that. 22 million quid for a player that I think pretty much every single Aston Villa fan would respond to by going, who? <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Because that's how I responded. Well, they, just call him, they just call him Wesley, don't they? So, so at least it's an easy, an easy one so to get So cards on the, on the table. Let's be completely honest here. We're football experts, obviously. Experts in inverted commas. Have you heard of Wesley Moraes? Never, never heard of him. No, no. To be honest, I've never even heard of the Belgium League. I've never even heard of Aston Villa. <laughs> well, <laughs> his record here in league goals, 32 league goals in 107 games. Now, that's that's pretty pretty good going. That's around about one in three, just over one in three. So if you're a striker scoring one in three, you're going to be sort of catching the attention of some of the better clubs mm. uh, around Europe, certainly. Um, that's a decent record. But as you say, it's the Belgian League. And some of the players that have come in from the Belgian League and the Dutch League, particularly strikers over the years in the Premier League, haven't exactly been prolific. 
I mean, Dirk Kout maybe is an exception. I think Van Nistelrooy, did he come from PSV? There's a yeah. few players. I mean, Robben came in and was good, but he wasn't like a prolific goal scorer at mm. Chelsea like he was at Bayern. Oh, I'm thinking of the likes of sort of Josie Altidore, Ricky Van, Van, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel came in for Norwich and couldn't get a game. Big step up though, isn't it? Belgium top division to Premier League and a club that presumably... 22 million quid, they're thinking this is the man who's going to keep them in the Premier Division. Well, they they won the Belgian League last season, Club Bruges, where he signed from. So, yeah, I mean, Aston Villa, they're, they're going to need to make some signings. I think they want Tyrone Mings to stay as well. They've got him on loan from Bournemouth this season, so they want him, they want him to, to sign a permanent deal there. As a young lad from Everton, I think they're interested in for about six, seven million pounds, so they could be picking up him. Um, 22 million, that's, the going, that's how much a player costs now, isn't it? The market's completely skewed. It's gone absolutely wild. So I don't really know um, what Aston Villa's uh, aspirations for him are. For a club like Aston Villa, they want to be targeting Europe, not this season, but I'm sure they want to give themselves a couple of years mm. to consolidate. But yeah, they need to stay up. I mean, there's they two can't ways, go down again. There's two ways to disastrous. play that promotion. And there's two ways to play that promotion if you're a club like or who's coming up from the championship. One is you spend the money and you're probably looking at, as you say, £22 million isn't much for a play. You're probably looking at spending £100 million to keep yourself don't, in the Don't division. do a Fulham, though. Well, that's it. Do you spend a load and then go straight back down again? But you've got to say a club the size of Aston Villa, yeah. the gates they get, the fan base they've got, you'd fancy them out of the three to stay in the Premier League, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. And I always tip Bournemouth to go down every year and I always get <laughs> cruelly proved wrong. Um, because, you know, the, the Premier League's been interesting the last few years. You've had the smaller clubs coming up from the Championship, you know, like Huddersfield, like Cardiff, like mm. Bournemouth, Brighton even. These are smaller clubs and, and you know, they're surviving. They're doing well. And it, it just goes to show if you're astute and you play a certain style of football, you will stay up in the well, Premier sure, League. Surely it must take an absolute miracle for a team like Sheffield United to stay up next year, though. Chrissy Wilde is a good manager. They play a good system, though. Three at the back, two wide, play- two full-backs bombing on. The Antonio Conte style, which that, worked really well for Chelsea a And few as years you ago. say, Niall, there's pr- there are a couple of poor teams in the Premier League now that you'd fancy to go down. It's, it's, any one of the bottom six could have gone down last and Maybe even more. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean what, was the, what was the difference in the end? I think, like, Brighton down, Newcastle, Burnley, Crystal Palace were right in the end. But, I mean, Southampton barely stayed up. If, you New- know. if Newcastle lose Benitez and don't get investment, you'd fancy them to be in that mix at the bottom. You'd, like, say, Brighton, Bournemouth were always at risk. Manchester United, you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, South- Southampton, and Bour- uh, Southampton and Brighton sorry, were abysmal last season. Shocking. Brighton, I think, picked up Southampton two... picked up at the end, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, well, I think Brighton, on, on the reverse of that, there were three worse teams than those two sides last season. Three worst teams, and they were shocking. This whole time I've been racking my, my brain for another Belgian striker. To, you know, because I, I, th- I think we've been a bit harsh there. Um, let's not forget Mpenza. <laughs> there we go. And on an Mpenza tribute, we're going to end the Premier League daily for today. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. This show will be coming for you every single day during the Premier League season. So click subscribe now. And we'll be back on Thursday with our 10-minute transfer talk as well, wrapping up all the big transfer gossip and stories from the week. Niall, Stefan, thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers. And we'll see you next time on Premier League Daily. Premier League Daily from the Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. The Manchester Football Social is evolving.
You'll still be able to get all the latest opinions and news on Manchester United and City. But now as part of a daily Premier League podcast. All the big stories, gossip, laughs and highlights from the biggest league in the world. Discussed by real passionate football fans. And no footballing dinosaurs. You can join the evolution by searching Sports Social wherever you find your podcasts and hitting subscribe. And now find us on your Amazon smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social for daily news updates on your team. Sports Social, a voice for fans. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.